Hello, everybody. Welcome back to For the Girls. We're excited for today's episode. We're going to go through some of the regulation changes ahead of testing that starts this weekend, get everyone up to speed with what they need to know. And then we're going to talk about the car launches, give give our thoughts on all the different events that happened, and then we'll go through some news. So with that, I'm Chessa. I'm Sarah. And I'm Tiggy. So like Chessa said, we are so close to preseason testing and we we cannot be more excited. We I'm just so ready to see all the cars out on track. So Woo! testing is this Thursday, the 23rd through Saturday, the 25th in Bahrain. We will be back next Tuesday with a recap of all of that. So stay tuned. We will be watching closely. But each day there are morning and afternoon sessions normally split about 50-50 between the two drivers. And the teams have a ton of creative license here. They can basically do whatever they want. There are not lap limits. Pirelli's kind of throwing out tires like free candy, which is fun to see. And so the teams can just test out a ton of different parts, setups, really anything they want. So you'll see a lot of funky setups, aero rakes, paint to test the aerodynamics, all of that. So it's going to be super fun. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. And testing is also fun too because there are all these wild predictions going around and you can try to guess how teams are going to actually perform in the first <laughs> race but it's hard to tell because as we've seen in testing before cars can run totally different fuel loads and they can be trying out all these crazy different setups so it's hard to actually tell you can get a sense but it can be a, it, it's like a prediction game still which is fun so even though for last season we had a massive regulation overhaul they felt the need to add even some for this season. So we'll just jump into this list. It's kind of long. So first, let's talk about the new regulations as they relate to the cars themselves. So the biggest thing this year is the kind of trying to reduce the porpoising that we saw a lot of last year. So the minimum ride heights have been raised by 15 millimeters, and there will also be new sensors installed all over the cars to measure how much they bounce, like their up and down vertical force. That was something that we had seen initially introduced at the Belgian GP last season. And then kind of going along this, there's going to be a really strict floor test to measure how much the floors are actually flexing under the aerodynamic load when the car is in motion. And hopefully this will drastically reduce the porpoising issue. Maybe it won't even be a topic of discussion this season. We will see. Could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Another thing is the car's minimum weight has been dropped by two kilograms, which is interesting because cars were really struggling to keep um, their weight down last year. Um, the roll hoops have been strengthened after Joe's scary wreck at Silverstone last year to prevent the roll hoop from kind of digging into the ground and collapsing if the car flips and slides upside down over an extended period like Joe's car did. There were also some more gearbox changes, so there's generally freezes on gearbox changes, but some more changes are allowed in the event that parts become unavailable, which is interesting. There's also some small changes to the rearview mirrors, increased visibility, and some other kind of small tweaks throughout the car. But as Chessa said, really kind of the main event here will be the new porpoising regs and then also changes to the roll hoop. So glad they made some safety adjustments there since that crash was actually just terrifying. Yeah, that was so scary. So scary. I'm surprised they showed that footage in the Drive to Survive trailer. I was just going to say that. Yeah, but I guess like we know he's okay. It's just, oh, that was such a wild, wild thing to watch. But yeah, that's such a good point because Daniel Ricardo actually made a comment. I think it might have been in response to a previous Drive to Survive trailer saying like, 
it's inappropriate to be kind of highlighting really severe crashes as drama. I think it might've been yeah. in response to them showing Grosjean's burning car where it's hard because the crashes are part of the excitement of the sport, but I don't think they should be highlighting these super dangerous moments necessarily. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Oh, well, I'm excited to see these new regulations play out, even though they're more minor. I think it's always good to be iterating. So that's good. So now on to the races themselves. We talked about this a bit last season, but double the number of sprint races this year. We have six sprint weekends. We have Azerbaijan, Austria, Belgium, Qatar, the USA, and Brazil. Last year, like we said, there were only three. So that's a big, big change. And we talked about our thoughts on this one. I think I'm like less excited about all these sprints, but they definitely add some some fun. Um, there is, we'll talk about some other rules related to the sprint that actually make this a little bit better financially. But anyway, as you might remember, there were a few chaotic times last year where a ton of drivers were taking grid penalties and it was sort of unclear what the actual order would end up being. So the wording of the rule has been clarified to state that there, if there are multiple drivers with back of the grid or 15 plus place penalties, those, driver, those drivers will start at the back in the order of their quality position. So that just clears things up. I remember Thank like God. doing all the Tetris <laughs> of our, in our minds and like calculations, you know, that math meme with that woman's face, like yeah. <laughs> trying to yeah, figure that out. Really <laughs> makes very basic sense. Yeah. Like back of the grid means everyone goes to the back and then gets put in their quality position. So it's very funny that that had to be clarified because it wasn't clear before. But totally. I think that's where people always get confused. Like if it seems like it's common sense, then please like reiterate it so that people are actually on board. Like I'm glad that this one's happening. The the last rule for the races themselves is that for two qualities this year, there's going to be a revised format where the drivers have to use hards for or hard tires for Q1, medium tires for Q2, and then you guessed it, softs for Q3. The goal of this is working with Pirelli to kind of be less wasteful in the use of the tires over a race weekend. So that'll Love be interesting. Love a rule about being less wasteful. Keep yeah. Also, it just makes it a bit more interesting because instead of being able to always do flying laps on softs, they're going to have to figure out how to do some flying laps on hards just to get out of Q1. So that'll be yeah. really interesting because I think also certain cars – it, it'll make the setups different. I think that that could be really cool. I'm so excited. I think this is a good one. Plus, like, I always love a leveled playing field because then it lets other things shine. That's a good one. So a few other rules. The budget cup is actually going down by $5 million to $135 million On because inflation. When they <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> when they originally made this budget cap plan, they were kind of making it a bit more of a gradual adjustment. So the teams are losing money, which is wild because as we famously saw, there were some issues of sticking to that budget. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. However, one, I think really good idea is there's extra money for teams if their cars are damaged during sprint races. This has been kind of an ongoing issue with the teams because it's, risky to kind of go full send in a sprint if it's going to wreck the rest of your budget for the season if you damage the car. So this kind of prevents teams from creating a race plan of not taking any risks during the sprint due to fears over the repairs being too expensive. So there's still, of course, the issue of teams are still going to fix the damaged cars overnight. So there'll still be a time issue, but at least 
cost and the impact on budget for the rest of the season will be less of an issue. Big shout out to the crews who are fixing cars overnight. They do not get enough airtime and it's amazing heroic work. A hundred percent. Remember it was Mercedes last year when they wrecked both cars yeah. during Wally and managed to yeah. entirely fix both cars. Like they needed new suspensions. It was crazy. Um, and another rule on that front is with the seasons getting longer and more taxing on the teams, the FAA is implementing some rules to reduce the hours worked by the trackside personnel on race weekend. So the curfew is getting a little earlier in some situations. If you're not familiar with this, there are rules about what hours work can actually be occurring in the paddock to prevent kind of a race to the bottom where teams would literally stay there 24 hours fixing the cars overnight. So this is really great, especially after all of our interviews with team engineers and former engineers who discussed really just how brutal the schedule can be on the team personnel. Yeah, I think it was Bernie Collins who said that we're trending towards something where, you know, you have like two people for one job because the hours are just getting so crazy. So I wonder if these rules will prevent something like that from happening or if there's just too much work to be done that like this isn't even that realistic. All right, now let's jump into the car launches. As a reminder, we, as in Sarah, were lucky enough to attend the livery unveiling for AlphaTauri last week. If you haven't listened to our episode about it last week, you need to go listen. It was super cool, and Sarah kind of breaks down the entire fabulous event. So about the car launches, first of all, a fun fact, they are really great because it does give a team to kind of the chance to get creative make a whole event out of it and not make it feel so much like a press conference. The fun fact is that in 1997, McLaren actually had the Spice Girls performing at their, at their college. Oh yeah. So I, I wish like we could get into this, but I feel like only Ferrari understood that assignment in terms of not giving a Spice Girls vibe, but at least giving something. <laughs> yeah. I, Alpha Tauri, Alpha Tauri and Ferrari showed up here. Let's go. <laughs> We even have a Spice Girl regularly in the paddock. So right? what's going I don't know on here? Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull should just have it every year. <laughs> so some of the car launches were definitely more of a big deal than others. Some teams do a big launch of more or less than the actual car, but some teams are just releasing like delivery, just the design, their sponsors, things like that. So there's definitely a spectrum. Most teams really just reveal their livery. We have to wait until Thursday at preseason testing to see more of the car details and how things are, um, how things are looking. Plus, overall, it is a little bit anticlimactic since the regulations are basically the same as last year. The car concepts are largely the same, but we'll see at preseason testing if anyone has gone a little bit outside of the box. So let's see. So here is a rundown of the vibe of the launches, some of the highlights of the new cars or liveries that were revealed. Overall, a lot of the cars were quite similar to last year, but as we have discussed on our Instagram story, many of them have a darker theme, which is in part due to trying to get the car weight down. This was a persistent problem for a lot of teams last year, and paint does have weight. So having more of that kind of natural carbon fiber show through and less paint on top actually does help with the weight issue. So it's definitely a trend we saw. First, Alf Tauri was able to go tune into our last episode to hear all about it. It was amazing. It was on the New York Fashion Week schedule due to Alf Tauri launching their clothing line for the first time in the U.S. The livery has some red. It looks amazing. It was a big moment for Alf Tauri to have such a big event in New York with an emphasis on the American market. Plus, they threw a great party. The drivers were there. 
the CEO of the actual um, Alftari clothing line, the team principal, Franz Toe. So it was overall awesome. Big points to Alftari for that. Ferrari. I think this one was so cool. People yes. loved this event and they, I think, Chessa, you said it, they understood the assignment. They crushed it and really great energy going into the season. Also, the Tifosi were just wild. So they did it at Fiorano, their private test track, and they just had the stands packed full of Tifosi fans and the Italian national anthem was playing on violins. And then Leclerc and Signs, this was funny, they literally did a coin flip to see who would get to drive the car first. And Charles won. I wonder if it was a rigged coin. And (laughs) they got to see the new car driven in action, which is cool because most of these cars, as you guys have seen, like they're literally just like sitting on a platform and the drivers are just there. But these, this was cool. They were like actually driving around the track. So Science made a great point, too. He was saying this was really risky. Like, imagine if something had gone wrong at this (laughs) event in front of the trophy. If anyone has had to deal with that, it's Ferrari. So no risk, no reward. (laughs) Right. So So, kudos to them. Yeah. Yeah. Once Charles was in the car first, signs on the radio was like, you're P1 for the moment. And Charles goes, P1, baby. So that was cute. Um, just some car highlights. So instead of showing off the livery, like a lot of teams, this was a full car demo, which is cool. So with a lot of teams, the general colors stayed the same, but with a more, with more dark areas, less paint, the car structure generally looks similar, but the head of chassis development said that the car concept is actually super different. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's not a good thing. I know they've talked about how they've struggled with reliability last year a lot. So We'll see what Ferrari has coming, but this oh. event was just chef's kiss. I cannot wait for testing. This can be great. Wow. It's interesting also just kind of along those themes. I think a lot of the changes are a bit more under the hood. Like you can kind of see slight changes in the suspension or the front or rear wing or the side pods from the outside. But I think a lot of it were really just kind of to wait for testing yeah. to see what they claim to be some of these bigger changes. So we will see. For Mercedes, the event was was cute. They had Mick Schumacher come make an appearance as their reserve driver, so we love that. The livery this year is black instead of silver. It's very sleek, so there might be a tad more on the side pod front. <laughs> Spanners from the Missed Apex podcast was being so funny on Twitter. He was basically saying that people keep saying it's zero pod, but I think I see some side pods, so we'll see. <laughs> um. Generally, though, Mercedes stuck to its guns, generally kept the same concept instead of just completely redoing it and going in the full side pod direction that Red Bull and Ferrari have done. Hopefully that works for them. Um, and Lewis said that they are not, quote, not a team that copies. So we'll see. Is this a mistake? Are they going to live to regret that this season? Yeah, if you guys follow us on Instagram, we posted um, a DM we got from an engineer in F1 who follows us who is saying that it actually is really hard. We all need a little extra health booth sometimes, and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way, and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder, Green Machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before and after production. 
And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code for the girls at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. Use code for the girls for 20% off your first order. Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacova's your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacova's. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal. Personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tecovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Women's health is so important, and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1Rthegirls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1Rthegirls for 15% off today. Hard to change side pods during the season. Like there may be minor adjustments here and there, but it's the concept itself can't change a lot throughout a season. So I I don't know. I mean, if they're sticking to their guns after what happened last year, maybe they, I mean, they must really be confident that like they have fixed whatever the issue was and this wasn't it, but we'll see there. I, I agree with Spanners. There are some side pods there. We'll just see how much, how much they decide to show up this season. Yeah. I think it's interesting that Toto kind of made a reference to the fact that they might change the side pods during the season when, as Tiggy said, on the engineering side, apparently that is not very possible. So we will see. I think it's good for them for sticking to their guns. And if they had tried to totally restart the concept in the Ferrari and Red Bull direction, they might even be more behind because they would be starting just over a full year behind them. But at the same time, whatever they're doing clearly wasn't working. So hopefully there are some more changes <laughs> under the hood. For McLaren, so this was their 60th anniversary. So they changed the naming convention for the chassis and launched the MCL 60. The event was kind of short and to the point, and they had a nice little video recounting the entire McLaren history. So that was cute. In terms of the car, the livery is very colorful. One of the more colorful ones on the grid. It's orange blue, has rainbow components from the Chrome sponsorship. It kind of, Ugh, I love that. <laughs> rear wing livery design. Um, Google Chrome is much more prominent on the car now. So that's interesting. It's 
Also notable that there is a big sponsorship presence from America. We have Chrome, DeWalt, WebEx, Dell, Hilton, even CNBC on the front wing. McLaren just has all the logos. It's like very much a logo filled car, which is funny. <laughs> but yeah, very colorful. It's not personally, it's not my favorite livery, but I like the color at least. I like it. I think it's fun. I think it's kind of rainbow-esque. It's, it's a little funky. For Alpine, they were the last team to launch, and they saved a fun pink livery for last. Alpine also highlighted its new Race Her initiative, where it's supporting several female carters, which, which is amazing for the pipeline issue for women that we've discussed. In terms of the car highlights, several races are going to feature an entirely pink livery, which is so fun. For the, the girls-themed baby. Let's hey, listen, we actually wrote them and asked them for that. So thank you, Alpine. Yeah. They didn't Clearly put our where they got on, the inspiration but... from. Thank you, Omar. <laughs> so the front wing is quite different. The suspension's different. The side pods are a bit narrower. It looks like they made some big changes. I'm personally very excited to see where this car goes. Ocon and Gasly seem to be getting along well, at least for now. Ocon was quite involved in the car development. He said... Quote, I'm a very mechanical guy. I like to get close to the body work, close to the suspension side of things, and have a look deeply into how parts are made, and said he's really happy with the team's progress, and that last year's car looks like a toy in comparison. Wow. So very excited. I feel like they have huge ambitions, and we'll see what happens. That's super exciting. The Alpine Rocket. Let's go. For Aston Martin, the event definitely felt very important for the team. It highlighted their big new ambitions. Plus, they actually launched their full car instead of just the livery. So we'd like to see that. They had their technical director, Dan Fallows, go into a lot of detail about the changes, which in general, like the whole F1 universe, definitely really appreciated. The livery is still all green, um, but sometimes simplicity is better. So hopefully we'll we'll see about, you know, the car and how it, how it works and all the things that Dan Fallow said uh, during testing. I love the green. Aston Martin is one of my one of my preferred. I've always memories. loved it. You're right. Yeah, I really like it. So Williams, it was a relatively low key event, but Will Buxton, none other than, hosted the event and was so excited for it, which was fun. The livery is super cool. Uh, it has some blue ombre vibes. The Duracell roll hoop looks so good. So. Williams. That's exciting. They've also changed their side pods a bit and are expecting improved aero performance. So we'll see. Maybe it'll be a fast car this year. One can hope. <laughs> For Alfa Romeo, there was a little bit of a fumble during this where they had images of the new livery being shown on a screen in the background before the covers had actually been taken off. <laughs> But overall, the event in Switzerland looked fun, mostly, of course, because of Botas bringing the energy. Always. And the black and white livery looks really good, but it's sort of hectic to me because there's so many sponsors listed on the car in tiny font. Like, for example, the front wing looks like it has about 15 companies on it. <laughs> so uh, stay, definitely keep an eye out for that and let us know what you think. So Red Bull, a lot of people were actually not vibing with this one. The event, they really, like, built up the hype. We kind of talked about this in previous episodes, and we definitely covered it a lot on our Instagram. But they were really trying to build the hype for this event and for the new car. They were teasing their partnership with Ford. They chose New York City as the venue. And then they even posted that, like, blank slate car on their Instagram to kind of be, like, 
we're, we're going to do something crazy this year with delivery. Like, what do you guys think? Name uh, a city of them posting blank slate <laughs> and then people posting the car looking the exact, exact same like seven years. Uh, <laughs> also, like, just from the event perspective, apparently it took them, like, a solid hour to even reveal the car. They were doing Red Bull or interviews with a bunch of other Red Bull athletes, which respectfully, like, had nothing to do with F1. It was other sports. Um, they did announce a new initiative, which was cool, where fans will get to design three liveries for the U.S. races, so that'll be fun at least. The The race also had some hilarious coverage. coverage. Ranked Red Bulls launched last, and the commentator, Gary Anderson, said, quote, what a waste of time, effort, and money for all concerned. Yikes. Um, of course, they had the, the Hard Rock Hotel product placement, but at least Danny Ricardo was there, and, yeah, the car looks the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I I guess the hype was built a little bit beforehand, but it does feel like a letdown after so much buildup. Yeah, Let that I, be a warning to all. Like, don't build a hype. You always have to <laughs> underpromise and overdeliver, not the opposite. Exactly. That was always really funny. We'll post the race article about the uh, car launches. Really funny, and they said exactly that. They were like. We appreciate the low-key ones where they just pro- said something low-key and didn't act like it was going to be some crazy event and new car when it actually wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so last but not least, we have Haas. They really didn't do much here. <laughs> they they didn't really have a formal launch event in the same way that other teams did. The livery is a bit darker, and it does look really good. It still has the touches of red, but the body is a little bit more black than white. The new title sponsor, MoneyGram, is on the front wing. They also announced their Chipotle sponsorship, not at the event, but after. But I'm I'm very excited about that. Let's go, baby. <laughs> now they're le- <laughs> leaning into the American angle. I love I it. I know. I love it. I I almost feel like I have to support Haas fully now because of Chipotle. I do love Chipotle. K-Mag and Hulkenberg just in the Instagram holding out their Chipotle bags. It's so funny. <laughs> no way they actually You think it. they've ever had a Chipotle burrito? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's actually a great question. Neither of them are American. No. So I'm going to go with, and I feel like if you're visiting the States, you're not like, oh, I need to hit Chipotle. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, they are everywhere. So maybe a little novelty excursion. Like they're in a rush in New York and stop at Chipotle. I don't know. <laughs> there's also better, like in Austin, there's better Mexican food than Chipotle. So it's probably not the first stop. <laughs> anyway, so some other news. We posted this on our story, but Lance Stroll, he was injured in a cycling accident and had to, or he has to miss preseason testing. Hope he's doing okay. The extent of his injuries are sort of unclear. So hopefully he'll be ready for Bahrain in a few weeks. The good news is that the injuries were described as minor. Um, so that's good. They have solid reserve drivers in Stoffel, Van Dorn, and Felipe Drogovic. So one of them may be filling in for testing or maybe Alonso will try to power through and drive both full days or all full days. Van Dorn, um, he's a bit more of an older veteran type, but we've talked about Felipe Drogovic before, the 2022 F2 champion. He's only 22. He's been in conversation for open F1 seats, so it would be exciting to see him in a car to see how he does. Um, but obviously, I hope Stroll is okay and that he is he's back for Bahrain. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do here because if you remember from last year, Danny Rick had COVID and had to miss testing and Lando was just exhausted by the end of it. It's so much work to be trying to drive both a morning and afternoon sessions, like six or seven hours of driving in a day with all these different setups. So be curious to see what they do. Thankfully, Alonzo is 
an expert, but I feel like that's that's a lot, even for Alonzo. Yeah, yeah for sure. Speaking of injuries as well, or sicknesses, I would say Akon unfortunately revealed that he had a lung virus in the offseason, which is so scary. He was very sick, so he really had to hustle to try to get his fitness level back up. He said, quote, I was able to do some things, but my cardio went to the highest level at walking pace, for example. It was that bad. So now he fully seems recovered, and hopefully he's feeling great and ready for the season. But that is definitely scary. We don't like – we don't love that. And in terms of some Mercedes contract action on a happier note – Lewis's contract negotiations have begun. His current contract expires at the end of the season. It does really feel like a done deal that, of course, he's going to stay on at Mercedes. But I feel like the biggest open question is going to be how many years the extension is for, a combination of how many years Lewis wants to commit to and also how many years maybe Mercedes wants to commit before moving on to a newer, younger guard. And Mick said there's already some interest in him for next season. So... Personally, very excited about that. I like that he's like self-promoting, building the hype, building his (laughs) brand. It's good stuff. Is it interest in him from Mercedes or just general interest from the grid? It's just general interest. (laughs) Yeah, I figured. (laughs) Uh, Fun fact, actually, he's such a good reserve driver. Replacing Lewis. Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) No. um, Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what gets put down on paper for Lewis. I there have definitely been rumors and I think Lewis has said like I'm not going anywhere. He he's coming up on the longest uh like stint at any team in the history of Formula One. I think Schumacher has that wow. right now with Ferrari, but Lewis I think is in second. Um I think it's like nine years versus ten or something. So yeah, that's gonna be wild. I do I mean everybody knows I love Lewis, but I just have so much respect for drivers who stick with their teams and stick it out like through the highs, the lows, build up a team. Like I just think there's something amazing to be said for that. And it's it's really cool. So totally I hope we see a lot of years still. Anyway, as we've discussed, drivers have pushed back a lot on the FIA's new restriction on drivers' political speech, and it seems that the FIA has softened its stance a bit. It issued a guidance that basically says the rules are aimed, or the rule is aimed at preventing races from being turned into big political stances, but that the drivers can, quote, express their views on any political, religious, or personal matter before, during, or after an event in their own space which includes social media plus media and press conference events um, or at events if they are asked a direct question. So I think that's a step forward. It's not like a a total (laughs) backtrack from the original rule, but I think that's definitely a better, it's definitely a step in the right direction. So that's good. I feel like for this one, they wish that they didn't have to do this, but I think that it was kind of outrageous and outlandish. And I think the drivers were really, really pushing back. So that to me kind of feels like a complete backtrack because this is kind of, I feel like what it's just been understanded to be, but I guess now this season it's written in stone that, okay, it's not going to be like an official political stance, but the drivers are always or have been always welcome to share their own, their own views. Yeah. In some sense, it is a big backtrack because I think when the rule first came out, at least people's understanding of it was, oh my gosh, our driver's not going to be able to for example, like post about causes they care about on social media or talk about it at a press conference. So they definitely have walked back from the most extreme version of it, but it's very still a bit unclear. It'll be interesting to see how it's enforced. Like for example, the main, the FIA's main 
issue seems to be with on track political stances, but it's unclear how that would apply, for example, to the pride flag being on helmets or on cars, which shouldn't be a political stance, but thanks FIA, I guess here we are. Yeah. How Um, do you define their own space? Is the car their own space? (laughs) Right. Exactly. And George is the director of the Grand Prix Drivers Association, and he called the rules silly and said that he will continue to push for drivers' free speech rights. He said that the regulation wouldn't impact drivers' behavior. Interestingly, this is very kind of politically savvy of him and goes towards his kind of future prime minister vibe. (laughs) But he basically said kind of, oh, I hope this is a misunderstanding and can be sorted out before the first race. So he's almost giving the FIA an out to say like, oh, oops, misunderstanding. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so curious what went down behind the scenes with the drivers in the FIA, because we really didn't have a lot of drivers speaking out super publicly about it besides Botas. But I'm sure there was a lot going down behind the scenes. Totally. And George also commented, he said that Stefano DiBenicali, the F1 CEO, is super supportive of the drivers and very unhappy with the FIA. So it's also Mm -hmm. interesting that F1 leadership seems to totally be on the driver's side. And it's almost F1 as a whole versus the FIA over this. Wow. Well, I'm glad they've taken a step in this direction. All right, guys, with that, the next time we talk to you, we will have seen preseason testing. We will have cars. Yeah, we've seen all the cars out on track. We are so, so excited. Um, But yeah, we'll do a recap of all of that. And then into normal race content we go. Previews, recaps, the like. So we cannot wait. Bye.